keeping you a step ahead of the changing world of business. This is Voice America Business. Welcome to The Quantum Leap Catalyst with Terry Ostroviak. In the next hour, Terry and his guests discuss how to accelerate your business success and turn possibility into certainty. So turn up your speakers and hold on. Here's your host of The Quantum Leap Catalyst, Terry Ostroviak. Good morning, everybody. This is Terry Ostroviak speaking to you from San Diego on a, you won't believe it, a foggy morning here at the moment. Welcome to those people that are in the United States as well as overseas in Europe or Middle East or even in places like uh, Australia, New Zealand and Indonesia, places like that too. Our talk this morning, and I say this morning for us, uh, I know it's afternoon for, for many of you, or even later on in the evening. Uh, the talk today has to do with small businesses and why 80% of small businesses fail in the first five years. What we're going to talk about mainly today is how to achieve the success and results we originally dreamed of when we first started the business. Our guest today is a businessman, business management consulting uh, specialist, who spans a large cross-section of small business landscapes, including things like retail toys, wholesale plumbing supplies, insurance services, restaurants, auto repair, the Internet, high-tech, He's a very innovative guy. He's uh, got an analytic approach to um, to being to being very insightful. He is very interested in cost-effective uh, methods and systems for businesses, but most important of all, thinks outside the box, and that's what led him to the creation of what he calls the Dare D A R E process. So let's welcome him this morning. His name is Stu Schreiber. He's the president of the Small Business Company. Good morning, Stu. Good morning, Terry, and thank you for that uh, wonderful introduction, and um, I'm excited to be uh, visiting with you today, and hopefully we can offer some insight to your listeners. I think we're going to just start off very, very quickly today, Stu, and get right into the subject, and the subject is a frightening one, in fact, when we talk about so many businesses failing after just a few years, where people had hopes and dreams and they get them dashed on the rocks because something went wrong. What are some of the major reasons why 80% of businesses fail in five years? Um, the number one reason, about 41%, to be precise, of, of these small business failures is uh, managerial or financial problems. Okay. So what does that infer? Well, that infers um, the lack of expertise, the know-how, um, the education, the training to effectively or successfully run a small business. Uh, you're suggesting that people come into small businesses with those dreams, but are you prepared for the challenge? That's right. They, they come in um, looking for answers to their lifestyle problems, to their money problems, their financial problems, uh, security issues that they have. Um, but in too many cases, uh, in the majority of instances, they're ill-prepared to successfully run a small business. Could they be educated in all cases to do that, or do they, or is it possible they just don't have the right personality or the right uh, thinking styles for business? They could, they could be educated. Um, they could get college degrees in business administration, marketing, uh, finance, and what have you. Um, 
But most of those people that have that, that type of education, and certainly people that have MBAs, go to work for um, corporations in the corporate world and um, exist in that environment rather than going to school specifically to become educated to run a small business themselves. Do you think that uh, the marketplace very often doesn't give the right kind of practical, pragmatic education for people to run small businesses as opposed to cutting their teeth in large business and thinking that they can make the transfer? Absolutely. I think that there's a, uh, a direct correlation um, to the inability um, of our educational system um, to offer specific um, classes, specific training for people that want to run their want to run their own small business and the operation of that business as opposed to existing in the corporate world. So what are the kinds of things that happen to people when they start in small businesses with uh, with little training as they sort of fumble their way around doing a trial and error exercise? I think the first thing that 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 becomes evident is that they are wearing a lot of different hats. They're asked do everything from A to Z. They are finding themselves doing things that they are not only ill-prepared for, but things that they don't like to do. And as we all know, um, we tend to put off those things that we don't like to do to later on. And um, in, in a small business, that unfortunately uh, spells doom. What kind of things do most people not like to do in small businesses that... Uh, that, they, that, that sort of creep up and surprise them. Um, one of my least favorites, um, going back to my college days, accounting, bookkeeping, numbers, um, filing. The, that routine to most people is very distasteful, and um, even with the advent of all sorts of software programs, uh, such as QuickBooks and uh, other programs, there's still a general distaste for the accounting and bookkeeping um, functions of a small business. So what do they end up doing then? They end up doing nothing, or they end up accumulating um, a lot of things that they're going to do, or uh, eventually they end up trying to get some help. But normally, by the time they get to that point, it's too late. Okay. What about people that have got uh, technical skills, maybe in an area of production, for instance, and then suddenly find out they've got to go out and sell and meet customers. Does that happen too? That's um, another absolute that uh, we find um, very prevalent uh, in dealing <laughs> with the micro-entrepreneur, the small business owner. Okay, yeah. Um, there's, there's a tremendous um, capability to do something technical in their small business, what they enjoy doing, the reason that got them into that small business. And in most cases, they have no clue how to market to their customers. Yeah. It's a frightening thought, actually. I remember when I was young, my dad had a small factory, and he manufactured, funny enough, ladies' underwear. And he had it for about 25, 26 years altogether. But he should have been an engineer. I mean, he was just phenomenal at fixing things. And uh, any chance he had to go play around with the machines and, and repair the machines and make them work faster, that's what he was doing rather than getting out and talking to the customers 
And he was the warmest, sweetest, gentlest guy, and everybody loved him. But uh, there's a lot more to selling than just that. Absolutely, absolutely. And and most small business owners find uh, the sales, the marketing aspect, to be overwhelming. And uh, generating new, new sales, new customers, is something that um, um, can be a business degree in itself um, in, in the marketing area. I think another another thing that I that I recognise is that there's a, a, a discipline that is required in running our own businesses that is very very appealing on the one hand and yet on the other hand can be a real minefield because people who are used to working at structure suddenly find themselves with tons of time on their hands supposedly. Yes, it's it's, it's a combination of the commitment. Uh, along with um, the budgeting of one's time, uh, along with um, the spending time in the areas where where it's best served, right, and not just in those areas that you that one enjoys doing, which is what we find. So defining the priority areas that we should spend our time in, if I can put it that way is actually a vital part of running a small business. Knowing where to prioritize our time, managing our time effectively, investing that time in the right areas could be a real minefield for a lot of people. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's critical to a small business success. Okay. And what about, what about the idea of the, 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 the enormous overwhelm that, that, that appears sometimes in small businesses? people that are used to working in a very structured environment? Um, small business owners find themselves setting their own agenda rather than having it set for them. And uh, it's imperative that, um, that they're able to approach those areas of their business that need to be addressed when they need to be addressed. So this, once again, brings back the whole planning issue and the failure of small business owners, for the most part, to effectively plan for the success of their business. So you think a lot of them go off half-cocked without any plan. and uh, Most of them go off without a plan. And, and by planning, we, we we're referring to um, setting an agenda, set, having a vision, having goals, being realistic, um, uh, allocating the funds that are necessary to run the business, um, understanding where that money is going to come from, um, setting up the budgets that that can be followed, um, and uh, um, prioritizing what needs to be done when it needs to be done. Um, all these elements, all of these different activities, Combined to determine the success or failure of the small business. Okay, and those are really challenging things. We're going to go into a break in a moment, and then when we come back from the break, Stu, uh, we've set the scene, I think, very well this morning. We'll come back and we'll talk about what are some of the things that have gone wrong and what can we do about fixing those things. So stay with us, everybody, and we'll talk more about what do we have to do in order to run a more successful small business. Good morning, everybody. This is Terry Ostroviak speaking to you from San Diego. Our guest this 
morning is uh, the president of a small business company. His name is Stu Schreiber. And we're talking about why 80% of small businesses fail in the first five years. In starting off the show today, we talked about uh, what happens when we start businesses. We have these wonderful dreams that we're going to move ahead and we're going to achieve um, financial success and in many cases even get rich. So what happens in that gap, Stu, where we start off believing that this is going to be the panacea for our lives and we suddenly discover that it isn't all, what, all that it's cracked up to be? Yes, um, unfortunately, um, too many small business owners uh, or, or people that are going to start a small business have unrealistic expectations. Um, they are bombarded with get-rich-quick schemes um, that are on TV. They hear about um, meteoric success stories, and their expectations um, are just not grounded in reality, and uh, starting a small business for them can uh, really be a very wide uh, eye-opening and, and unfortunately, uh, a big disappointment once they get into the nuts and bolts of running a small business. So what would you say would be the first steps that we should take in setting up a new business to make sure that we bypass a lot of these unrealistic expectations? I think the, uh, the new small business owner must do an appraisal of themselves uh, with respect to their personality uh, capabilities, their strengths, their weaknesses, what type of business um, opportunity they would be best suited for, um, what uh, they might need help in, and identify those areas that... Uh, would direct them to the opportunity that best matches their abilities. Oh, that's an interesting point. I remember years ago when I first started my training business, I had a reasonably sized uh, international training business at one time, and I remember the man that I took over for, from was very, very competent, particularly in the financial administrative area. He was a very likable uh, man, very, very persuasive but I remember the day that I bought the business and he came into the office after selling it to me and he said to me, I can't tell you what a good night's sleep I just had <laughs> after selling the business. And I, his name is Peter. And I said, Peter, why do you say that? And he said, he said you can't imagine what a load it is off my, my mind not to have this business around my neck. And I said, well, what was it? I mean, here I am, I'm starting this new business. You better warn me. And he said, he said, I just, I don't have a temperament to run a, a small business like this. So he said, I'm much better in a bigger environment where things are happening and then I can concentrate on my area of expertise, which is finance and administration and stuff like that. But to, ha to wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning and be worrying about, uh, you know, whether the payroll will be met or we'll have enough money to open the doors for this month or not, he said, I just can't handle that kind of stress. And unfortunately, that's not that wouldn't be a rare instance. That would be that would happen all too often with small business owners, and it's unfortunate. And 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 people need to realistically look within themselves and and ask themselves whether they need to have the structure that a larger business, a corporation, that type of culture, whether they function 
better under that type of environment or whether they are a entrepreneur, whether they can accept risk, whether they can develop their own um, uh, time structure, whether they're um, suited for doing that, because many people are not. And, and the earlier you're able to identify that, the um, less pain you're going to, going to face and um, the better chance for your success. So it's almost, there's almost a duality. Identify within yourself what you're best suited for and then find and match that small business to your uh, personality traits, your attributes, your experience, your education. And by doing that, you'll maximize the chance for your success. If you go in um, into a small business um, endeavor or start a home-based business um, without doing this type of due diligence, as we call it, um, or homework, if you will, um, you're, you're more apt to find yourself in all sorts of problems and uh, faced with all sorts of uh, situations that are going to be painful and that you're not going to enjoy. And uh, this creates the sleepless nights, the stress, all the things that got you, that, that brought you into a small business, um, you're going to find yourself hip deep in. Okay. So that's a that's a tough area and <laughs> it's interesting. I was just reading I was just listening to a program the other day, um, here in San Diego, interestingly enough, and they were saying that young kids today, uh, around the ages of eleven to about thirteen have stress levels equivalent to kids 50 years ago that were in psychiatric hospitals with the stress. So the stress in business probably is absolutely enormous today compared with what it would have been years ago as well. Absolutely. And nothing, and nothing can blunt the passion more than stress. Absolutely. And, and, and we see it all the time. We, um, we meet with uh, small business owners regularly, with, with large groups of them, to... Um, keep our hand on the pulse of, of the small business industry as a whole. And we find common problems. We find um, there's a consistency in the problems that small business owners face. And um, there's, there's a real need to offer those types of um, solutions to small business owners that enable them to get out from the quagmire that they find themselves in. Right. That's, in fact, that's what you do, don't you? That's exactly what we company. do. We, that's exactly what we do. We are, our company offers solutions for small business success. And, and as you alluded to in the introduction, um, we believe that um, by following a process, and in our case it's a four-step process, that can overlay the problems that small business owners actually face, we can provide them with solutions right. to their um, pressing problems. Um, and those solutions are available in our books, in our CDs, uh, downloads from our site, and also through our Success Coach program. Okay. So the book is called, again? The book is called Dare to Succeed in Your Small Business. And there, that's the first book. There are other books, Dare to Succeed in Your Small Business Marketing. There's Dare to Start Your Home-Based Business and Dare to Start Your Small Business. Um, 
one thing that I also wanted to bring up, Terry, was that um, our research, our focus groups um, for the past three years have also shown us that we can give all the tr tools, all the solutions um, that are necessary for success to small business owners, but oftentimes there's um, still something missing, that the small business owners still can't um, get over the hurdles that are before them. And that's why it's exciting to also tie in the solutions that we offer with the coaching, the quantum leap that, that you offer. In other words, people need, there are, there are reasons why people are, are, don't, don't do things. There are reasons why people don't take the actions that they need. And, and the coaching to these small business owners can help them with the things that are blocking them, with the things that are stopping them, with the fears that they have, and get them to overcome those those hurdles that um, are slowing down or are inhibiting their success. Yeah, I think there's something that we haven't discussed, and uh, it is a vital element in the process as well, is that when people are running small businesses, there's a fear factor, uh, obviously, that runs through their daily lives in many instances. There's always excitement, but there's a lot of fear too. But most important of all, we have uh, loneliness. People feel very alone running their businesses as opposed to being in a big corporate structure where there are people around and they've got a place to go and you know, sit around, talk around the coffee machine every, you know, at, at, during the breaks or around lunchtime. And in our own businesses, we just don't have that. Most important of all, there's nobody to talk to most of the time. Who do we talk to? We can't talk to our customers. A lot of men don't want to talk to their wives about their business. A lot of women who are running businesses can't talk to their husbands about those issues either because they feel they've got to do it on their own. So uh, the small business company probably can be very useful in that environment. Well, we try to we try to give them someone to talk to, and we try to give them um, uh, relay their or, or get them to understand um, what their problems are and then offer them simple solutions to those problems and get them to take action. Uh, you can know what to do, but if you don't take action and, and actually start towards that positive result, then then you're, you're just treading water. Give us an example of somebody in a small business that you that you worked with at one time. Well, I think the, the classic example always is um, the restaurant owner who... Um, wants to open a restaurant, and he decides, well, here's a guy who has a restaurant is going out of business. Um, he's got all the tenant improvements in there, or it's already set up to be a restaurant. I don't have to go in and put in a lot of new fans and, uh, and plumbing and electrical and everything. This would be perfect. And uh, opens a restaurant where the restaurant had already been. Um, this is what we call the better mousetrap theory. It's someone who... Um, thinks that they have the answer, the solution, and they can succeed where others have failed. Um, uh, anyone looking into that type of situation or thinking about it uh, should ask themselves, first of all, why did the other guy fail? And possibly the other person before him. I know in the area that I live, there are... Um, Restaurants that uh, last a year or two, and then another restaurant comes in, and then another restaurant comes in, and uh, the reason for the the, the problems is, is usually um, 
fairly simple, but uh, it involves traffic. It involves uh, possibly parking or visibility. Um, it involves maybe the rent's too high to uh, to succeed in a certain area. Um, but there's, a lot of, there's a lot of expertise required. That's really what you're suggesting. Yes, and, and this is homework. This is research. This is, uh, this is what okay. needs to be done before the small business owner. And what happens if people are actually in business and listening to the show, for instance? What could they be doing at this moment to resolve some of these issues? Well, I think they need to, to take a step backward and, and evaluate All right. where, where they are. All right. Where they're at. So after the break, I think what we'll do is we'll go a little bit more deeply into that area and we'll talk about what are some of those specific steps that people could be taking in small businesses to be more effective. Stay with us. Hi, everybody. This is Terry Ostroviak speaking to you from San Diego. Uh, very importantly, today we're talking about why 80% of small businesses fail in the first five years. And our guest this morning is Stu Schreiber, president of the Small Business Company. He's giving us some ideas. We have a caller in, apparently from Detroit. Um, and I think his name is Phil. Phil, are you there? Yeah, good morning. Yeah, this is Phil. Uh, I live in a small city uh, outside of Detroit. There are a few of those around. What do you do, Phil? Run a health club. Uh, right. Uh, yeah, we're in a small city of about 5,000 people. Um, own the business about six years now. And uh, uh, you know, a couple new competitors just moved in, a couple national chains, you know, about two, three miles away, and uh, just things aren't going anywhere. Oh, goodness. That's frustrating. So what would you like Stu to help you with this morning? What, what could he suggest that could make a difference? Well, it's, uh, it's customers. Uh, i, I uh, got to hold on to them and get new ones. Who's your target customer, uh, Phil? Who, describe your, your customer to me. Well, the, the small city we live in really has a real high-class clientele. Uh, you know, uh, these are high. Men? Are they mostly men? Are they women? Are they? What uh, age it's a really combination of both. Um, they these these tend to be pretty affluent people. You know, we we live right on a, on the water, and uh, our little community is there. And uh, these are people that have many of them been with us for twenty five, twenty years. And what? What do you provide them? I mean, when you say health club, is uh, we're talking a gym? We're talking of uh, yeah, we, we have pretty full facilities, um, you know, no, no pools or anything because that's just too expensive, especially up here in the northeast. Uh, and there's water nearby during the summer for people to uh, do with it. We have um, uh, spin classes, aerobics, and yoga and all that, plus all the weights and all the machines and everything that people need. Okay, well, there's, there's a rule of thumb that you either you can either go get more customers or you can sell the customers that you have more. So, in other words, your your um, revenue streams can be increased by um, by several different methods. What type of marketing do you do? Well, we're in the local. You know, we have an ad in the, in the back of a local. Uh, you know, throwaway paper, and uh, we're in the yellow pages, and that's and everything else is basically word of mouth. So, your member is your membership flap. Flat, would you say, or is it well, now with the two new gyms moving in, it's really started to to fall off. Uh, you know, we 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 were the the, the best 
uh, we had the strongest name, and you know, we've been around the longest. It's just people just uh, people that come here. It feels like home to them. They love it. But now, when you get a frogs or a twenty four hour fitness coming in, you know, it's just you can imagine what happens. What, what distinguishes your gym from the other gyms? I guess it's, it's the uh, uh, first of all, it's the city that we're in. Uh, you know, right on the water. Uh, it's we're really unique from that standpoint. Uh, people uh, uh, really, really like like having uh, like associating themselves with with the with the gym here, um, and that's that's been a real strong selling point. And then the uh, you know the people that work here just really make the difference. It isn't just about a a national brand. It's it's, uh, it's about uh, you know getting a, the work out of your life. You know. And um, have you tried programs where you ask your clients to bring in guests and you offer them um, a free free uh, trial at the gym, or you you're, you build out this concept of family and and you build out this individualized program and this sense of of um, being connected to the community that your larger competitors can't. Uh, we tried that a, a, once, uh, you know, four or five years ago. It didn't seem to uh, have much traction. Didn't seem to do that well. So we haven't tried it again. What else? Are you, what else are you doing now? Are you doing any marketing now besides that uh, ad that you run in the in the publication? No, no, uh, just that. And you know, like I said, the yellow pages. Uh, well. There's a couple. Uh, uh, there's a couple small uh, uh, hotels in, in town here, and then we try to work out something with them so that any of their guests can come in for day passes. But that doesn't get me, you know, ongoing customers. That's nice. You know, ten dollars here, ten dollars there for somebody walking in the door. And um, does your do you find your business is cyclical that you? Uh, uh, your membership goes up with New Year's resolutions after the first of the year and then uh, just sort of wavers uh, as the year progresses? Oh, <laughs> how did you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, well, I go to a gym, but um, I every think, year, you know, we, we put out, out a, a holiday gift. That's the one thing. For our current members, we put out a holiday gift membership thing, and they, uh, they're able to, to uh you know, uh, get a special deal for the new year. So they give those out to gifts to family and friends that might have uh, fallen by the wayside, and that's kind of like how we market to our current members. Okay. And then they, well, and then they disappear a couple months later. I think, uh, by the way, uh, Phil, very importantly, Stu, who's talking to you now, um, goes to gym every single morning of his life, I think, almost. <laughs> very, very keen. So whatever he's suggesting to you would, would be giving you a, an insight from the other side as to what's vitally important for, for your business. Oh. Yeah, Phil, I think that um, um, you do have a competitive advantage in, in what you're able to offer that the larger uh, gyms don't offer. I think that you need to get more in touch with your uh, clients with respect to um, their loyalty and why they have this the loyalty to your gym and then expand on that. And have them bring in um, bring in a guest. And um, uh, I, I know with the gym uh, and, and health clubs, it just becomes a numbers game um, at some point, and that there is a tremendous attrition rate. That uh, 
the number of members that you have on, in January uh, uh, is going to be reduced uh, by the time uh, September comes around. Um, but that's just that's just the name of the game with respect to gyms. But uh, you, are, you have a subscription rate. In other words, you do a direct repro- uh, direct withdrawal from. Uh, their bank accounts by the month, or do yeah, well, you know, really we do membership? Direct, uh, yeah, we do direct. How, how do you set up the memberships? No, we do direct monthly, or people prepay and they get discounts and all that. But uh, one, one of the things that I, I don't know if this would help, but we've had some people ask about. Um, uh, you know, we have years ago we we printed up some some T-shirts and stuff for our uh, staff. And we even have some people still wear the sweatshirts or T-shirts around. People always point to them. And, and uh, you know, we had some lady come in and try to run a boutique for me, but that just cost us thousands of dollars. And we just and uh, we keep on getting pressured by people to to uh, maybe bring that back. But I can't Bill? do that. I'm losing money. Yeah. Okay, Phil. Um, two very very um, potentially. Um, Lucrative areas for you um, are merchandising um, directly in the form of advertising um, uh, products. At the small business company, we we've coined a phrase for that, and we call it name tailing. And that is uh, branding your company's name on merchandise that your clients uh, wear or use, and it com- it is sort of the best of both worlds. You're selling the products and driving revenue through them, and you're getting the best possible advertising, which is having your customers advertise for for you. And I would say that um, if you're not doing that now, that you want to start that right away. And and at a gym, you want to offer hats, you want to offer T-shirts, you want to offer sweatshirts, you want to offer tank tops. You want an attractive, designed logo or uh, a, a a, a very pleasant way to uh, display your the name of your gym and possibly a location that um, your clients will want to wear or use. Um, and I would start on that um, as soon as possible, and I think that's a great idea that you have, and uh, I would exploit that. With respect to the boutique, um, and I think that uh, as you've described your business, you have a very um, affluent clientele. Um, I would suggest to you that small business owners uh, would die to have that type of exposure and have the type of traffic that you probably have at your gym that um, is uh, very conducive to showing them all sorts of products that um, can be related to the sportswear or, or uh, gym uh, Gym areas, and I would um, I would say that um, opening a boutique is a very viable option, and that the problems that you had possibly in running the boutique and the controls that are involved are problems that um, retail owners have um, universally, and those problems can be solved. And I would offer to you um, the possibility of bringing in someone that. Um, possibly two, three days a week that brings in the product and um, sells um, stuff from their racks, and you split the commissions. Mm. But um, I think those are great opportunities for you. 
that helpful for you, Phil? Yes, yes, very helpful. Hey, thanks so much. It's a pleasure. Thank you very much for calling in. If you want any more details, you can just write in to me at uh, terry at qlcats.com or just go on my website and just contact me and I'll put you directly onto Stu and uh, you can work from there. We're going into a break now and we'll be back in a moment, so stay with us. Thank you. Hi, everybody. This is Terry of Stroviak. We're going into the last part of our show today and we'll be summarizing a lot of the things that we've been talking about. My guest is Stu Schreiber from the Small Business Company. He's the president. And he's talking about why so many small businesses fail in the first five years. But we're now going to talk about what could we be doing? What are some of the steps that we need to be taking to make sure that small businesses are more effective? Yeah, Terry, um, I think we've touched on, on, on the mortality rate, the high failure rate. We've heard Phil um, from Detroit with his... Uh, Problems in the in, with his gym, and I could hear the, his infliction on his voice, and how um, how how sort of downtrodden he was. And and let's not just make this about um, all the um, problems, all the ills, all, all that needs to be fixed with small businesses. Uh, I, I want to go into some some of the things that small business owners need to identify, but. But let's not lose sight of the huge opportunity that small business offers to individuals and, and the main reason why people are drawn to small businesses. Let's not lose sight of the fact that, that you can be your own boss. You can have a home-based business and work from home. You can uh, um, determine your own destiny. Your, um, the money you make is tied to your efforts directly not indirectly. You can really live the American dream. You can. Um, uh, there, there's so much opportunity out there. We, let's not lose sight of that. Let's, let's combine that opportunity with a realistic approach, with the planning that, that you need, with the homework that you need to do, and, and let's build successful small businesses. I think the message really that you're getting across is that if we start by thinking through very carefully and planning effectively for the small business, we can obviate and bypass a lot of the problems that people have when they just willy-nilly go into a business because of the dream without doing their homework. That's right. And, and, and let's, let's pass on all the get-rich-quick schemes. Let's realize there are no magic bullets. Let's understand before we get started or let's understand while we own a small business that we're, we're going to have to work we're going to have to be, have a commitment. We're going to have to be motivated, um, and, and let's um, let's let's be realistic. But let's not lose our dreams. Let's not lose our passions. Let's not lose our enthusiasm. Let's let's understand who we are. Let's understand um, what we want to do. Let's understand what we do best, and and let's try to apply basic. Basic principles, um, common sense, uh, to effectively running a small business. Excellent. Thank you, Stu, for, for those words of advice. And that, of course, applies to people that are in businesses right now as well. Uh, not just necessarily starting new businesses. Can you give us an idea in the United States? How many small businesses are there? I know that you track of statistics like this. There's about 45 million um, small businesses. Um, most of those would be micro-entrepreneurs, which would be 10 or less employees. 
Um, there are um, about 11,000 small businesses that are started every day in this country. 11,000, okay? Wow. And, and when you apply the mortality rates of more than 80% to that, you can see the problem that exists and you can see the need for people being able to access solutions to the problems that face small business owners. Okay. So, in other words, the small business schools or schools that are providing assistance, backup, leverage for small businesses should really be listening very carefully to this and recognize that they can be enormously helpful. I'm sure they do recognize that because that's their, their market. There are schools out there that uh, do some business training. Yes, yes, but I, I think that it's 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 people understanding um, the nature of running a business itself, right. and 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 what's involved, and the mechanics of it, right. and asking themselves before they start, or right. if, if while they own a small business, is this what you want to do? Right. Is this the business you want to do? Are you enjoying it? Right. And I would say that that's. That's the reality check that we that every small business owner wants to ask now of themselves, um, whether they own a small business or whether they're thinking of starting it. Right. Is um, is this right. what they want to do and right. they enjoy? It. So, in a small business company, your company, that's the kind of support essentially that you're giving to a lot of small businesses. That's absolutely what we're doing. We are trying to be the source for success for small business owners. In the United States only, or could you be doing this? This is global. The internet is global. It's the 24/7, 365, right. and um, we offer solutions um, to uh, current small business owners and uh, future small business owners um, throughout the world. Very good, Stu. So, if anybody wants to contact Stu, maybe you've got a you want to just. Tell us your website name. You can go to thesmallbizbizco.com. You can email me at stu at thesmallbizco.com. And um, there's a lot of valuable information, uh, free information that you can download. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, and um, we hope that um, uh, people out there, whether they own a small business or whether they're thinking of starting a small business, will seize the opportunity, understand the opportunity, and plan for the opportunity that, that, that they face. If you want to know more about that, you could also go to my website at qlcat.com uh, or email me directly, terry at qlcat, q for quantum leap catalyst, qlcat.com, and I can give you additional information or make the connection for you. Folks, um, I just want to thank you very much for the input that he gave today. It's been very, very valuable. He's given a lot of insights. He's a very practical, pragmatic, functional kind of individual who really looks very deeply into small businesses. Most important of all, got a huge passion for assisting people to be doing more effectively in that area. This is not just uh, talk. This is uh, a person with deep desire to be extremely helpful. Um, so thank you very much, Stu. I think that's Really valuable. I just, want, just before we close off, I just want to tell the audience, uh, people around the world, next week we're going to be taking coaching to a different level in that our guest, Lee Silber, who's written more than 11 books, is going to be talking about how to inject practical creativity into our business to reach quantum leap results. He's a creative thinking specialist and uh, talks about right brain thinking 
he's got a very interesting background. He really is a self-help person, done a lot of stuff on his own. Um, and we're going to talk about those quantum leap results, particularly in a business environment, and work with people next week, including the area of how to be open to the possibility of a quantum leap in our business to take it to the next stage. So be with us next Monday for us to be able to do that. Thank you very much once again, Stu. We really enjoyed chatting to you, and thanks for the guidelines you gave us. Jerry, thank you for um, uh, inviting me. Um, I enjoyed it immensely. Thank you. Goodbye, folks. Have a very good week. Talk to you soon. Be back. Bye.